Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. So this morning, the title for our message is Who is Leading You? Who is Leading You? And we're going to go to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 16, 6 to 10. As you open your Bibles, who is leading you? They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up, to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Who is leading you? We see here Paul, he wrote half of the New Testament. He used to be Saul, persecuting all the Christians Watch Stephen get martyred, get stoned, die because of Christ. But we know, for those that know, those that don't know, go back to the story, that he had a massive conversion and massive encounter with God on the road to Damascus. And then he became Paul and was on fire for God. He was going through different regions, spreading the gospel, planting churches, strengthening people. We're sort of two-thirds into Acts chapter 16. And there's Paul, there's Silas, there's Timothy, and they're going around spreading the gospel. They're strengthening the churches. They're called. They're walking, walking in their calling. They're walking in their purpose. But what we can see clearly from what we've just read is that there was a key person who was leading them. Who was leading them? Who was it that was leading them? The title again today, Who is Leading You? I'm going to make a statement that I got whilst I was just having quiet time a few weeks ago. This is point number one. The statement is being led by the Spirit should lead to a position of being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit should lead to a place of being led by the Spirit. Kind of sounds like I'm repeating myself. But these guys went through different regions. Phrygia, Galatia. God was leading them. The Holy Spirit was leading We're told. But then it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak in Phrygia and Galatia. But weren't they called to 
spread the gospel everywhere, the Holy Spirit says, no, don't go there. Next thing he says, they were not allowed to speak in Mycia, in Asia. The Holy Spirit again says, no, but they follow what the Holy Spirit is saying. Next thing, they go towards the coast to a port called Troas. You can put that scripture back up there. You can see it all. Troas was the port. They could have gone and sailed in any direction. But God gives Paul a vision in the night. He has a dream. And there's a man from Macedonia in the dream. He says, come and help us. See, God said no there. Then he said no there. And he kept following the lead. And got to a position where he could hear God even more for what was to come. Being led by the Spirit should lead to a position of being led by the Spirit. Last year we were praying for a house. Moved from the east, being called to the bayside. And we went for a good three months just meditating on realestate.com. Going to all these appointments. We went from Black Rock to Beau Morris to Mentone to Parkdale to Mordialic to Aspendale to Edithville. Oh, God, we love Edithville. He said, no, not Edithville. Chelsea, Chelsea Heights. We were getting desperate for us, for what God had shown us. Because we wanted to be close to the church. We went out to Seaford, somebody. But that took us three months. God was leading us. And we were getting to know the area that God had called us to, but we were getting so frustrated. Maybe we shouldn't move. But you've called us to this church on the bayside. But through all that, God was using the nose, the different experiences we're having, teaching our kids who are four and seven almost how to pray, how to have faith. It's so easy when God's leading us and he says no to something for us to go, oh, that wasn't God. But being led by the Spirit should lead us to a place of being led by the Spirit. When he's saying no, he's still leading you. He's still taking you to a position where you can hear from him. You're thinking, so he's still looking. Ah, in the right time, God opened up a house for us in Chelsea Heights. And it was just amazing how it all worked out. We'd put a marker in our own minds and our conversations that we wanted to have moved by December because our son needed to move school. But we started looking in October and the way it worked out, we moved in December 2. Great timing to find a school and great timing to be in the Bayside by the summertime. But we were stressing. If we had moved in in October, would have had to be up and down the East Link paying loads of tolls, taking our son back to school. When God's saying no, he knows what he's doing. So who is leading you in your decision making? Who is leading you? Day to day, being led by the Spirit should lead to a position of being led by the Spirit. But what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? What does it actually mean? 
We can have the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us through Jesus Christ. When we say yes to Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, we say yes. We confess our sins and say, Lord, have my life. The Holy Spirit comes into us. And we need to feed the Holy Spirit with God's word, with the Bible. And he speaks to us primarily through his word. It's our foundation. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father, Matthew 4, 4. He speaks to us through the word. The Holy Spirit, that's how he leads us. He leads us through talking through other people. But he really speaks into our hearts, into our spirits. But we've got to feed that spirit. So how are we led by the Spirit? We actually need to hear and obey God's voice. Point number one is being led by the Spirit should lead to a position of being led by the Spirit. Point number two is hear and obey His voice, the one who is leading you. That takes trusting. That takes humility. Humility is saying, God, you know better than me. I depend on you. I need you. Humble yourself. Deny yourself and put him first. Trust him. You can't be led by the Spirit if you don't trust him and if you don't humble yourself. You need those things to trust him, to humble yourself, not to be led by your flesh, your own desires, circumstance, culture, what's happening around the place, the news. We can get so consumed by all those things and that actually starts to become the greatest voice and that becomes what leads us. So much fear. When I was 16, growing up in Zimbabwe, talking about the culture and what can lead us, it was so cool to get your driver's license at the age of 16. I went to boarding school. Kids would rock up in their nice cars from their parents. So you want to get your license at 16 so you can drive yourself to school like an hour away and always just have your car parked. So I was like, man, I want to be independent. I want to get my license. But it was so acceptable for when you go for your driver's test that you bribe the inspector, and that you bribe your driving instructor and they make a connection with the inspector and the driving instructor, give them some money, and you got your license. If you don't do that, they're going to make it really hard for you. So I was saved. I was walking with God. I'm like, I am a man. I am a child of God. I am not going to bribe nobody. Do you know who my God is? So I'm like ready for my test. I've done everything I can. For different reasons, whether God was testing me, whether maybe I wasn't a great driver, I failed the first test. <laughs> my God, what is happening? I'm trying to stand for you, Lord. Now I failed this test. Oh, you've got to keep pushing on, right? God is with you. So I go for my next test. But that first one was in the city. And it was so hard in the city to get an appointment. So I thought I'll go out of town. You can just rock up on the day and have your test. But the problem was, when you get there, everyone's trying to get their license. So there's 50 people watching when you're doing a test. So you had to do reverse parking, parallel parking, hill start. 
And I'd gone like an hour away. I was nervous. And I, I didn't pay no one. I didn't bribe anyone. And there's no automatic at that time. It's manual. So when you're reversing, you've got to balance the clutch and the accelerator. Otherwise, that thing is going to stall. If you stole the car, if the car goes off three times, you are done. But that first thing was reverse parking. So I'm there reversing, but there's 50 people watching me. So I'm reversing. I'm so nervous. God, I need this. My leg was shaking. This one's supposed to be on the clutch. It's shaking like this. Car goes quiet. Stalled. Got two more turns. Start reversing. Get into the reverse thing. Next thing, legs going like this again. Man, I failed. Then I did it again the same day because it was so easy to get another go. I went again. I messed up the hill start. I was so, man, it was so hard. Now I've done it quite a few times now. And I've got to go back home and tell my parents. My little brother's like, what? You failed a driver's test. I said, God, I tried. Let's do the money thing. So I did the bribing thing. But this is like on another time, a few months later. But the thing is, when you bribe, you've still got to pass the thing where everyone's watching. So there's three things you had to get to where everyone's watching. And nerves and whatever, I failed again. And I went home without it. It kept going for a few times. One time I had to fly. I chose to fly to Victoria Falls, which was like an hour flight. Because my dad worked for the National Airlines, so he hooked me up. Didn't work out. I felt like jumping into the Vic Falls, seriously. It's one of the greatest seven wonders of the world. I felt like jumping in it, but I didn't. By now, I'd done about seven times. So imagine the story, like, dude, you failed so many times. I got to a point where I was like, God, I'm not going to bribe anyone. I'm just going to keep going. You're trying to teach me something. I got my backpack one day, said, Mom, I am going to a city that was two hours away. Got changed of clothes. I'm not coming back until I've got my license. I went to this city, did my test. So many people failed. What is going on, Steve? And I booked again for the same day. By the time I could go and do it, it was about 7 p.m. at night. It was dark. I'd never driven in the dark. I didn't really have a clue. And I got down on my knees in the dust in an area just before I went into the car. I said, Lord, I've had enough. I cried out to God, went into that test, got my license, came through. Finally, finally. But it was so easy for me to give in, and I did give in to what culture was saying, to what the world was saying. But God was teaching me so much. He never left me in any of that. And uh, yeah, you're probably now worried to be in the car with me, but my wife has survived the last almost 15 years of being in relationship. I'm not that much of a bad driver. But Jesus Christ gives us strength. The Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit. He was with me that he was leading me. He said no to some things, and I was like, "Uh uh-uh. It's so easy when he says no, we like, Oh, that didn't work out. Because you can say, go there. You go there and you think, let's go. Let's do the thing that we're supposed to do. But then he says no or it doesn't work out. 
then we think, oh, that wasn't God. Then we take it in our own strength. But he's given us the Holy Spirit. Luke 24:49 says this. Go to it in your Bibles. It says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. We have power from on high. We don't have to do it by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit. He guides us. He leads us. He repositions us. He redirects us. He is with us. John chapter 16, verse 13. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. This is the guidance we have. Let him guide you. Depend on him. The Holy Spirit. He's here for you. Being led by the Spirit should lead to a position of being led by the Spirit. Hear and obey his voice. Hear and obey his voice. Who is leading you? Point number three. If you love points, if you're writing it down. He leads us, the Holy Spirit. He leads us through the traffic. He leads us through the traffic. Stop signs, U-turns, delays, detours, through all of that. The Holy Spirit leads us. When things don't work out for you, how you thought they were going to work out, stick with him. Stick with God. Stick with the Holy Spirit. Stick with Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Because he's leading. He's leading you. Stick with him. It's so easy. to take things into our own hands. It's a daily battle. Take things into our own strength. But all we do when we do that is we get out of the place of being led by the Spirit. We take over. Word for someone today, just because your marriage is in a tough position, hard position you feel like it's dead just because of that doesn't mean that it wasn't from God doesn't mean it wasn't from God get into a position where he can lead you where you can hear from him he gives life whatever it is you're going through and you go oh man how am I here did I make the wrong decision Forget about making the decision. Just know that as you're there, as you say, God, what do you want? What are you doing? He's going to lead you. 
he is going to lead you. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for guidance. Who's leading you? Are you leading yourself? There is self-leadership. You've got to lead yourself, but it's got to come from being led by the Holy Spirit. We've got to be led by our God. Ask him for wisdom. Lord, what are you saying? Psalm 143 verse 8 says, Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. Let me hear in the morning. Let me hear word in the morning of your steadfast love. For in you I trust. Show me, God, which way I should go. For, you, for to you I lift up my soul. So easy to just get on with our days. Just do our own thing. But it's not your day. It's not your own thing. It's his day that is entrusted to you. So go to him and ask him. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp. Come on, picture you're in the dark. We're in a dark world. But his word is a lamp to your feet. A light to your path. Lord, where should I go? Just the light will just show you where you need to go. God is not stingy with the next step. He will show you the next step. He says, pray, give us our daily bread. It's not just all my bread. It's whatever you need for the day. What he knows you need to do what he's called you to do. So hear his word. Obey his voice. He leads us through the traffic. He's leading us. Think about the traffic. How annoying are those roadworks everywhere you go? You're trying to get somewhere. It's like, man, Google, you didn't tell me there was a roadworks there. There's just somewhere they don't tell you. You get there, it says road closed. Closed doors. Road closed. But they don't just leave you there, do they? There's like a sign saying detour, go this way. God's even better than that. He will never leave you just with the closed door. He'll be opening something else, but you've actually got to stick with him. But we don't. We're like, oh, man, God, I thought you said this way. Well, see you later. I'll show you what I can do. But the next thing you're back later on, oh, I messed up. I should have listened, Lord. We go in cycles. The only cycle we should be having is being led by the Spirit should lead to being led by the Spirit. You go from being led to being led to being led. Because every time he leads you, he takes you into something. He does something in and through you, and you stay in that position. But we get so comfortable, and sometimes in what he leads us into, that becomes our God. That becomes what we worship, and we forgot, forget the one who brought us here. We've got to continue to be led by his spirit. Who is leading you? A person is supposed to be leading you. His name is the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. This is who is supposed to be leading you. Point number four, trust the guide to lead you. Trust the guide to lead you. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He's our guide. He's your guide. You'll be left amazed 
and where he takes you. Seriously. When you let him lead you, and you guys know what I'm talking about, you look back and go, wow. How did that happen in my life? How did God bring me to this point? He led you. You'll be amazed. Look at Paul in the scripture that we've read. He had seen so many great things, planted so many churches, is now on a second missionary journey. And then God says no. God says no. And he has this vision. And they listened to that vision and they said, we concluded that God was calling us to Macedonia to preach the gospel. At that point, the gospel had never been in Macedonia, never been in Europe. That's where Macedonia was. This is how the gospel reached Europe. How amazing is that? That's how it broke up, broke out into Europe through no, not here, not there. But then a vision came and then they went to Philippi, which is their first city in Macedonia. You know, he ended up going back to those other places later on, if you keep reading. They end up in Galatia, in Phrygia, Mycenae, but they were being led by God. It took the Holy Spirit's direction for the gospel to get to Europe. It took the Holy Spirit's redirection, repositioning. That's what it takes for us to go to where God wants us to go. He redirects us. He repositions us. Some years ago, back in 2017, Mr. Accountant over here, me, <laughs> um, was on a journey of going from working in corporate space, going into work full-time ministry in the church. And one of the biggest worries for me was finance. God, how's this going to work? Because church is not for profit. It's not going to be like where I'm coming from. And God made it clear that he wanted us in local, full-time church ministry. We said yes. But then we didn't own any property, nothing in our name at that time. We had a little bit of a deposit. But now I've literally got about a month and a half to make a decision. Do we buy an investment property or do we save this deposit to buy a house in the next few years? But it is going to be hard in the next few years on the church wage to justify that we can pay off a loan. And I, the deposit just wouldn't cut it because where we would want to live, we just couldn't afford. But where we could invest, oh, we could afford. So we're like, do we invest? Do we buy something to live in or just something to rent out? So we're up and down praying about it and we're looking at houses, back to realestate.com again. And um, we got close to going and start looking at houses but then as I was praying, I just felt, don't go. Don't do the investment property. It's not a good idea. Just have faith and save until, you know, even though it's going to look different once you're in church, just save until God's going to do, do a miracle. Like, all right, Candy, we agreed. I'll call her Candy. Got the privileges. Um, so we decided not to go look at any investment properties because Barefoot Investor was telling me it's not a smart idea until I've actually got my own house that I'm paying off. Thanks, mate. Um, so we didn't go. But we had some favorite houses we'd saved, like you see. Then the next week came through. And I'm still just going, oh, man, do we buy an investment property or do we wait for later? Which one is the faith 
thing to do. As the week was coming to an end, we decided, you know what? We're going to go to this regional area where we're thinking of investing and we're going to look at houses. If we find something we want, we'll, we'll make an offer. So we go. We start looking at the houses that we we'll chose to look at. We look at a couple. We're just not feeling it. But we have a little break in between before we go see another house. And then my wife, who is led by the Spirit and continues to be in the position of being led by the Spirit, she says, babe, what about this house? It's not one of our favorite ones, but, whoa, it looks good. Didn't notice that one before. Let's quickly go check that out. So we go see this house. We get there, mate. There's like 40-plus people there. They're all wanting to buy this house. You know what it's like when you get there. You're like, oh, you're looking at them. What car do they? Oh, how many kids? Oh, competition. Anyway, we love this house. We jump in the car back to Melbourne. We make the call. We make an offer. This was Saturday by Monday. We had the house. 30 days later, it was all settled. It was done. And then I started working at church. But the great thing is that if we had gone the week before to look at houses where I felt don't go and thought that was it, done, that house wasn't available. It wasn't even on the market. But the weekend that we said, oh, let's try this and see if God's going to open the doors or close the doors. We're just sitting there, open to being led by God, and this house comes up. And we could have gone, nah, see you later. But then we found the house and it's been rented ever since. That's just to say you will be amazed and I'm amazed at what God does in and through us when we follow his leading. Not just what people are saying, not just what we're feeling, but actually he's leading. Is this helping anyone today? I'm sure you're all ticking, ticking, going back to your own situations thinking, yep, yep, cool. I need you, Holy Spirit, to lead me. We all do. When God says no to something, he's saying yes to something else for you. When God says no to something, he's saying yes to something else. We get so caught up in, oh, man, why is God keeping things away? He's not like that. He's given us Jesus Christ. Why would he withhold anything else that he knows is good for us? Whose lead are you following? Your feelings, it's good to have feelings, good to validate them, but they can't be the filter. The filter needs to be the Word of God, the Bible. A lot of things in this world, even in business, they've all come from the Bible, the wisdom. We need wisdom. People might not recognize or acknowledge it, but that's where wisdom comes from. How will you know that the Holy Spirit is leading you? That's a question for you to work out. Think about it yourself. How will I know that the Holy Spirit is actually leading me? How does he confirm things? Does he speak through other people? Is it prophetic words? Is it just directly into your heart? Is it peace that you get? You know, a lot of times for me, if I have to question, is something right or wrong? That's the Holy Spirit in me saying, uh-uh, don't even go there. Does he give you a check in your heart? God wants us to be hungry for his presence. He wants us to be humble towards him and others. He wants us to be holy like he is holy. Being led by the Spirit should lead to a position of being led by the Spirit. Hear and obey his voice. 
He leads you and I through the traffic. Trust the guide to lead you. He's your guide, the Holy Spirit, wonderful counsellor. Galatians 5.25, we love it. This is how we're to be led by the Spirit. We're to keep in step with the Spirit. Christians, people, born again people, who've let the life of Jesus through his blood come into them as we heard in communion today. We're people that live by the Spirit. So it says in Galatians 5.25, if you live by the Spirit, then also keep in step with the Spirit. So we're to keep in step with the Spirit. Let the Spirit lead you in all you do. Think about it. Everything you do. There's something spiritual about everything you're involved in. We know we can be super spiritual sometimes, but there is actually, because God's involved in God's spirit. He's involved. He's given us this world. There's something spiritual in everything that we get involved in. But do you let him in? Do you let him guide you? Let the spirit lead you in all that you do. Make every part of your life a spirit zone. Make every part of your life a Holy Spirit zone. It's so easy to go, uh-uh, no go zone for the Holy Spirit. Oh, not my relationships, not what I watch. Oh, God, I love you. I want to worship you, but not my sexuality. Uh-uh, God, I'll deal with that. Not my finance. You for real, Lord? I will get there some other time. God is patient, but he wants you, all of you, he doesn't want you to have a no-go zone. Because 1 Peter 1.16 says, you shall be holy as I am holy. He is holy. We've been made in his image, but sin gets in the way. He can't lead us if we're not pursuing holiness, if we're not pursuing him. If we're pursuing him, we'll just want to be holy. But the good thing is it's not about just what you do, how you do, but actually he gives you holiness. He gives you righteousness. But you've got to pursue it. You've got to thirst for it. You've got to ask for it. But you've got to hear and obey. He gives you what you need to do those things, but there's a wrestle. We all go through the wrestle. But it all comes down to who's leading you. If we're just watching this and that and that, listening to this and that and that, they become the louder voice. If we're hanging out with certain type of people, that becomes the louder voice. But God can guide us in all those things. Make every part of your life a Holy Spirit zone. This is not to condemn anyone. We all go through the tension. Because in us, we've got our flesh, our nature, and then we've got our, the Spirit. And there's a tension. There will always be. But the Bible says, feed your spirit. It says, if you gratify the things of the sinful nature, then that's what's going to be fulfilled. But if you gratify the things of the Spirit, then that's what's going to be fulfilled. Just spend some time in in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, and you'll just enjoy that. No-go zone. No-go zone. There should be no-go zone for the Holy Spirit. Let's be vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. God's been challenging me yet again about what I watch on Netflix. I'm like, Lord, I like that show. I'll close my eyes at that point. Babe, can you tell me when that's happening? But God's like, would Jesus sit next to you and watch that and be like, hey, how was that? No, he would just be like, dude, come on. I've got things to show you. 
There's revival taking place. I want you to pray for certain people. I want to give you prophetic words for people. I want, I, I want you to lead people in the marketplace. I want you to see people saved, but I can't get to you. Oh, so Lord, why can I actually watch? Show me what I can watch. Bring him into that. It's something so small, but it can leave us stuck. I'm just like, it's not worth it. Not worth that 45 minutes just to have fun. Because most times it actually doesn't do anything for my spirit. There's lighthearted things to watch. There's things we can watch, but the world continues to get darker and darker. And we can't just be like, hallelujah, hey. And then at home it's like, whoa, how's that? Yeah, how's that? It's so easy, right, to be like two-faced. I'm there. God's challenging me too. But he wants us to be holy as he is holy. So who is leading you? He's calling us to holiness. Are there any go zones for the Holy Spirit in your life? If the worship team can start to come up. See, in the no's and oh, but we feel God is saying no. There's lessons from the Holy Spirit. There's lessons in the no's of God. There's growth points for us in the U-turns. There's the Holy Spirit in the detours, in the delays, in the seemingly to be disappointments. The Holy Spirit is in it. Let us all stand this morning as we come close to an end. The Holy Spirit is directing us. The Holy Spirit wants to redirect us, reposition us daily, daily. He's our personal guide. He is. But he wants to guide us so much, not just for us, but so that we can share him to others. People need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. So let's be people that are led by the Spirit and continue to be led by the Spirit. Let's close our eyes. Lord, we want to hear your voice. We thank you that we do hear your voice. Lord, we thank you that you are here right now, that you go home with us. You're in our homes. Lord, we want more of you, Holy Spirit, in our homes, in our cars, wherever we walk, in our workplaces. Lord, we thank you that you say that you are with us and you are for us. You say that you will never leave us or forsake us. Father, we pray that when the traffic comes, no matter how much we get overwhelmed, we would know that you're leading us. When the questions come, Lord, help us to not run the other way, but to hear your still, small voice. Lord, we trust you as our guide. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. 
If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.